Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, Day 3. You're here, you're back for a third day. This is starting to feel dangerously like a thing you might be doing. Welcome. So one of the classic tests for creativity is a simple instruction. List as many uses as you can think of for a paperclip. The alternate uses test was created by a psychologist called J.P. Guilford in the late 60s. And whenever you read an article that says, researchers find drinking three cups of coffee makes you more creative, or boffins at the University of Fakeville have discovered that sleeping with a kipper in your pyjamas makes you more creative. This or some variant on this is probably the test they used to determine that. Is it a good test? I hear nobody cry. By which I mean, does it measure what they think it's measuring? Well, that's a great question, me, because it asks us to reflect on what exactly is creativity. If you ask me to list uses for a paperclip and I say holding documents together, holding banknotes together, holding photos together, is that creativity? But then if you ask me to list uses for a paperclip and I say aeroplane, dinner, book... Is that creativity? What's the difference between creativity and a mistake? Was I being unwittingly creative that time I accidentally put salt on my grapefruit instead of sugar? Guilford's test sort of addresses this by scoring answers based on four criteria. Fluency, originality, flexibility and elaboration. Fluency means the raw number of responses. How many uses for a paperclip can you bash out, regardless of quality? Originality is more subjective. How uncommon are your answers? So if they're testing lots of people, they can sort answers by frequency. If you write lockpick, did lots of other people suggest that as a use for a paperclip as well? Or were you the only one? Flexibility is more subjective still. It, it sorts answers into categories and gives you a score based on how many categories you've covered. So, for example, if I asked you for alternate uses for a paperclip and you said a paperclip could be used as a tiny katana, a tiny side dagger and a tiny batleth, those would all fit into the category of weapons. And so you'd score less for flexibility than someone who wrote tiny katana, cheap wedding ring, bookmark. Finally, finally, elaboration refers to how detailed your answers are. So basically how specific you get with each one. Fluency, originality, flexibility and elaboration. Are these the four principal qualities of creativity? Well, as you can tell from my asking that question in a silly voice, probably not. And at first glance, you might find some of these demands compete. It's hard to be both fluent to produce lots of responses and elaborate to produce lots of detail. Psychology occupies, frankly, an uncomfortable contested zone between the hard sciences and philosophy and, and trying to establish absolute parameters for what creativity is and isn't is trying to is like trying to nail a moonbeam to the table. Data scientists like hard endpoints like death. If you want to know how many participants die when you drop a piano on them from a skyscraper, then of course there will be questions of study design. You know, how high is the skyscraper? Is it a Steinway or just a rollout map? Were, the, were they all healthy young participants or were some of them looking a bit peaky to begin with? But in the end, you get a nice binary table with deaths on one side and non-deaths on the other. As soon as you ask a question like, how good is person A at creativity versus person B, you get into very shaky territory indeed. The sort that has data scientists breaking out into flop sweats and dreaming of the merciful shadow of baby grand pianos. 
All of which is to say, by training as a writer, as a storyteller, you're a maverick. You're beyond the grasp of the sciences. I've spoken to lots of researchers doing sterling work in this field, and it's given me lots of interesting new ways of thinking about creativity. But for now, I can confidently say we're still so much vapour wafting through the scientists' fingers. So today I want you to embrace your uncatchable status as a writer, your essential unpin-down ability. I don't suggest anything mystic is going on here, but I do think writing is usually easier when we think of it as mischief. We're creating something that didn't exist before. Wow, feels vaguely naughty, not in a sex way, just almost like cheating. Rather than taking a single object and thinking of multiple uses, um, today I'm going to ask you to do something apparently simpler, but at the same time much more challenging. What I'd like you to produce over the next 10 minutes is a list of interesting objects. Just a list, not as part of a scene, not even necessarily ones that you'd find in the same place or reality. But keeping in mind these four values I've just mentioned. Fluency, originality, flexibility and elaboration. So fluency, try to come up with as many items as possible. Originality, try to push beyond your first thought, the obvious, into newer, riskier territory. So instead of an old running shoe, a prosthetic leg. Instead of a prosthetic leg, a sheep's heart in a jar. You know, take whatever you come up with and see if you can just move one step away. Something related but rarer. Flexibility. Try to come up with lots of different types of things. It might be quite easy for someone like me to come up with a list of macabre or weird objects. You know, skulls and grimoires and stuff. Ooh. But what about, you know, a small cloth-bound book of pressed flowers with notes in brown ink or a coffee tin full of projector slides and a small silver whistle? What about big things, tiny things, perishable things, impossible things? And then there's elaboration. So better than an apple is an apple with a bite taken out of it. Better than a toy car is a metal racing car with the number nine on the side and chipped green paint. And to be clear, I, I'm not making global statements about what style ought to be here. You're not always going to want to make every object in your fiction a dazzling curio, which you describe in great detail. All I'm saying is, for the purposes of this particular exercise, as an experiment, aim for fluency, originality, flexibility and elaboration. So, a list of objects. Ten minutes. Don't worry about getting this wrong. I know it's challenging. Just don't spend too long on each one. Just move on to the next. Keep writing. Okay, have you got it? Write until you hear the gong. Go.
And that's it. Congrats. I hope that was interesting for you. I do think these object lists are a, a good way to start if you're ever stuck, because you can't win them, right? We're not kidding ourselves we're writing a final draft here. But occasionally, and you might like to glance back over your list to see if this is true for you, occasionally one or two objects will pop and you'll go, oh, that one seems more interesting to me than the others. And it's worth reflecting why. Often there's an implied question contained with, within the object. You know, who owned this? What's in the envelope? We have this idea that inspiration is something that comes to you, something that you're given, but really I think a lot of it is about being nosy, refusing to mind your own business, spotting an oil, oil painting in a hedge and wondering how it got there, maintaining some tiny part of you still wowed by the romance of the junk shop and flea market. Right, so look back at, through your list if you have time, see what you think, but maybe hang on to it. Well done, and I'll see you tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.